0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Indie Cult. What's up, everybody? I once again startled the one and only John Soule. What's up? How's it going, everyone? I'm George. We are your hosts for this evening or this morning or this afternoon, whenever the hell you're listening or watching this
1: yes. show. Welcome to the Collaboratory. I <laughs> just really wanted to say that. <laughs> uh just a
0: short introduction in case this is someone's first episode
1: yes me or you you me all right uh basically nobody cares about me (laughs) wait i care about you
0: that's what i said nobody cares about me
1: wow what a bird (laughs) okay so basically we're a show based around um people who are inspiring uh who have a passion or something they like to do that makes them very happy and fulfilled uh we like to have them come on the show and give us a taste of what they do uh of course outside of their livelihood because we all know how hard it is to uh kind of fit making a living with something that makes you happy
0: i think we need to find like one sentence a short sentence that oh. describes what this show is. Okay. And I think that sentence is: We are a show about <laughs> the struggles of independent artists and creatives
1: alike. Alike. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's say it one more time <laughs> from the top. Where's the the slate? Give me the slate. Since we have the slate. All right. Here we go. Ready? The mission statement of the show. Take two. So you want to take that? Yeah.
0: Go for it. Oh, you want me to take it? Yeah, of course you take it. Indie Cult is a show about... um, uh, Indie Cult is a show about the struggle and learning experiences of creatives and artists alike
1: that's it that's slick that's so that's
0: good as, that's as slick as the hoodie under the blazer look yeah, that's a I slick look and that's a this is a slick that's so, a slick intro
1: so i want to start telling people what i have on because i do also uh there's some clothes that i wear that uh are from people that i know uh, but I'll start with the hoodie. Is uh Triple Five Soul? Uh, I just like the brand. Uh, they actually recently just moved to Canada only. Uh, really dope. Uh, like I would say, urban clothing line. You know
0: the person that does this?
1: Yeah, I actually met them before too at a few sample sales. Really dope chick. Um, but like I said, they're no longer based in Connecticut; other in Canada. Uh, Express Jaqueta. Uh, I got on some Adidas sweats because we like to tell the truth here. I got Adidas sweats on. Uh, and you we'll, can't see we'll, it. we'll
0: gladly take sponsorship money for any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the ring is Duty. made by Duolingo, uh, one of my boys. The learning app? No, the Duolingo. Duolingo. D-U-E-L-I- oh, I thought you said Duolingo. I, Duolingo? <laughs> I don't think they care about jewelry, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Rosetta Stone, I think, is getting into her jewelry, aren't they? Stone? Yeah, yeah I think they are. Uh, so the ring is from Dueling Co. And the hat is from Charles D., one of the guys I work with. It's no need to panic. You get the hats on his uh, Instagram. Uh, and you can find that on my N-N-T-P? Instagram. Yeah, it's an acronym. It stands for no need to panic. Nice. Yeah. It's like
0: it's very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: It's very comfortable. It's one of my favorite hats. It's very versatile, aerodynamic. Um it's made of a very uh nice material, good fabric. Uh very low chance that you are allergic to it. Um but yeah, uh you can check that out too. So yeah, that's the new thing that I added to the part of the show after I introduced myself. Nice. <laughs> do i have to talk about what i'm wearing did you Did you? <laughs> i mean yeah technically yeah you have to
0: i have to yeah all right um i'm wearing i'm wearing a a, a the who
1: t-shirt yeah the what the who <laughs> who i just I've always wanted to say that. Man, who joke. are you? <laughs> okay, I'm just I'm kidding. Continue? Yes.
0: And I'm wearing um uh polo sweat Oh pads. man, we can take that polo money. <laughs> sure. Polo money. If we have polo money, we make good money. And that's Is that what, it? I uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I I, I think, mean, I didn't realize it was going to be a fashion contest.
1: I Otherwise, think I would have dressed I'm going to start bringing I'm going to start bringing you like the other, like, people that I know, like, the fashion designers. Bring them. Yo, yeah, how about this? You fashion designers out there, hit us up on Spinning Real Films. R-E-A-L. Yes, yeah, so Spinning R-E-A-L Films on uh, Instagram. Uh, send us your stuff. And if you're on and Twitter, Spinning Real F, just yeah, the letter F, yeah, Spinning so Real F. Spinning, they
0: didn't fit. They, didn't, they wouldn't, Twitter... Has character limitations yes. on their handles
1: as well.
0: Oh, I'm also wearing uh, slides from Nike. Oh, you wanted to
1: throw that in there? You wanted to one up me? Because I don't have nothing. I'm barefoot <laughs> in this home <laughs> because of Dorona. Dorona won't allow me to wear shoes. In Reebok the home socks, run. though. Reebok socks. <laughs> it's, that alone is the best way to sell those. Yo, I got those Reebok socks. Like, if we put an effect on my voice, Reebok Socks. Like, Reebok you know, nice Socks. Yeah. So wait, let me say Reebok Socks, and you say Reebok Socks right after I'm done saying it. Ready? Reebok Socks. Reebok Socks.
0: Yeah, you see that? That's crazy marketing right there. I know, but this is for free. If you guys it shouldn't be for free. If you guys are listening, if even if you don't want to pay us, we'll
1: take free Reebok Socks. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get
0: paid in Reebok socks.
1: <laughs> you go out to the store and be like, they bring up your groceries and they're like, all right, that'll be 3274. Be like,
0: <laughs> how much is that in Reebok socks?
1: <laughs> Sorry, sir. We
0: only accept Nikes at this store.
1: <laughs> Fuck, man. That'd be terrible. All right. Let's not digress. Even though that was a very, very good stream of thought. Um, So we realized in the lack of uh, structure to these podcasts at this point, because like everything else in life and everything else that we've done creatively, it's a, it's a, Learning process, like yeah, we realize things over this time. This
0: is actually indicative of what the podcast is about. It's about the learning process, and we're learning during our podcast about the learning process. We're
1: learning during what? the learning. We're learning during the get learning. this shit out of here. Can't believe it. <laughs> Full
0: circle, <laughs> man. Okay.
1: Woo! So- Gonna turn off, Amy matthew, but turn him <laughs> it's off. Not baby matthew yeah, turn that man off <laughs> it's not baby matthew <laughs> making it seem like there's someone else in here hanging out with us okay um all right you go first uh, you gotta tell people what you've done
0: well, one by name, one my, my name is george i like uh long walks on the beach and <laughs> no.
1: uh Good speed, Holding hands
0: at sunset? No. Okay. Uh, um, yes, I am an independent filmmaker based out of New York. Queens. Um, New York, Queens specifically. Um, I am the co-founder of a production group called Spinning Real Films, uh, under which we have uh, produced three short films to completion, with one film in pre-produc- pre-production and one film in post-production um, that we hope to be shooting at the end of uh, April. Um, unfortunately, the coronavirus seems to be putting wrenches in many people's works. If If all goes as planned, though, we will be beginning production on a Western at the end of April that I have written and will direct, that um, my friend John here will be uh, starring in as well. Yeah, yep. Very excited about it. It'll be a lot of fun. So I guess, um, should I give a little bit more of a breakdown in history of of the first uh, three short films?
1: Yeah, and your credits in between in terms of uh, organic just inception of everything and how everything came to be.
0: Yeah, so um, the first short film that I did was called Seeker, which is uh, presently on um, my Vimeo, um, which is also Spinning Real Films. Uh, so vimeo.com slash Spinning Real Films. You can watch Seeker there. Um so really how that came about was um I was uh, Evan and I Evan Evan Samaris, who is uh, a longtime collaborator of both of ours, um and and a, and a, a good friend. Um we shared an man, interest. That
1: kid's family to me. <laughs> that kid's family, such a hardworking guy, man. Shout out to you, Mr. El Dopa. El Dopa.
0: AKA analog?
1: AKA analogue. continue. Sorry to cut you
0: off. He um Uh, he and I shared an interest in film and we both wanted to get into filmmaking. So we decided that it was high time we made a short film. So we came up with uh, the script for Seeker, which is a psychological thriller slash horror. Evan and I kind of debate on whether or not it's a horror He's kind of convinced me that it's a horror, but then I kind of think about it and I'm like, ah, it's not really a horror, but then I talk about it with him again and then he kind of convinces me that it's a horror again, but whatever. Um, It's it's a psychological thriller, undisputedly. Maybe it uh, dabbles in the horror realm a little bit.
1: I think there's a little bit. There's a little bit. There's There's a touch. Yeah, it's very, like, because there's probably people listening who haven't seen it, but what I'm basically alluding to is the idea that it, it, it's snippets of violence. It's not consistent enough through the film for me to really dub it like a full-fledged horror. It's like definitely that. not
0: a full-fledged horror, yeah. but there's elements of it. I will 100% concede yeah. that there are elements of horror in, yeah. in Seeker. Um, you starred in Seeker. Yeah, um,
1: so dope.
0: Thank you. And... uh well, you know, it's the way Evan and I think about this stage in our film careers is we didn't go to film school. We're kind of self-taught. This is our film school. We're in film school right now. Like making these short films has been a stupendous and tremendous learning process for both of us. And what we learned from making Seeker which is, you know, it's riddled with errors and mistakes and things that we would have liked to do otherwise, uh, or rather would have liked to have done differently. We learned so much from it. And yeah, like,
1: well, well I'll throw out one example. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like when the boiler would go off and uh, yeah. the waiting room seemed like, we didn't first see that, like, but that's something you learn when you're doing post-production and, like, these things, like, come to light, basically. We learned
0: a lot of things, like, yeah. um, the, 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 the glaring... learning
1: curve of you guys picking up on those was fantastic. It, well, it's, it's I, 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 per, I personally think, <laughs> like,
0: failure is the best teacher, right? Like, learning from doing is the best yeah. way to learn, I think, Absolutely. like, I, I think, you know, with the little experience that I have about making movies, um, I can say that, No book, no class, no video would have taught me what I learned in the time that I learned it from just making (laughs) short films. It's impossible. Um, um, And one thing what you were alluding to was the the audio quality of Seeker is abysmal. Um, Evan especially hates it because he is um, also a a music producer,
1: so he's very anal about what sound is like. The the sound to him broke his heart. like at the end like that was because he has has so much ability to like fix it but there was so many things that were irreparable so like it boiled down to it needing to be completely like either accepted for what it was or dubbed yeah flat that was it um
0: i i think it's also um there's this there's this kind of like adage i guess in in film where people say we'll fix it in post you'll never fix it in post don't ever
1: say that because then that means you probably don't have what you want yeah in essence
0: if it's not if it wasn't captured right on set during production you will not fix it in post maybe you can make it less bad in post (laughs) but you will not yeah you can never be like
1: Wow, I'm so amazed how that came out in post. <laughs> it's like no, never.
0: <laughs> no. So what happened was we had um, well, one we were ber- we were working with no crew, which makes things hard as is. But what happened was we had a we had background noise. We had this boiler that would kind of go on and off, random, seemingly randomly, um, that ruin the audio during production and in post what we tried to do was cut out the frequency of the boiler but in doing that you thin out the whole i don't want to get too specific or too technical but you basically just thin out the whole if we ever have
1: like a sound engineer person here we'll break into that but Other than that, like... Just an overview.
0: Basically, we tried to get rid of the boiler sound. And in doing that, we destroyed the entire audio quality. And it sounds really bad. Um, And unfortunately, sound is one of those things that you don't really... It's hard to overlook. Bad image is easier to overlook than bad sound. Yeah. People will deal with a subpar image if it sounds really good. People will not deal with a good image if it sounds really bad.
1: Well, and right actually, not, it became, in, in my opinion, it becomes less believable when it's. It becomes know, less tolerable. Yeah, it, it, and I, I, was actually showing, I showed um, the, the senses fu- need to be melt. The sight and the sound need to go hand in hand. If not, there's an incongruency. There's there's something
0: wrong here. So yeah, actually I have a great example of that, which was what I was about to say was I showed I showed Seeker uh early to a friend of mine who who you know, uh who who he was he served as script supervisor on our second short film, Pokers. Excellent job. He did. Um I I showed him Seeker and after like a few minutes he asked me to pause it and he was like, Does the sound sound kinda cheap? And I was like, Yeah. And I was like, Do you think it's really bad? At that point, like I had heard it so much, I kind of became like numb to it or blind to it. So I asked him, I was like, does it sound really bad? And he goes, well, he goes, there's like a disconnect between the quality of the image and the quality of the sound. So what he was saying was like it, the image came out really nice, but then the sound didn't match the quality of the
1: image. Fell flat. Fell flat. That's that's basically what
0: yeah. he was implying. Yeah, and it was also not recorded at the right volume as well. We didn't we didn't have people that had any idea what they were doing. It was basically me and Evan doing most of that work. And yeah, you, it's it's hard. You can't you when 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 you try to do too much, you end up like half assing some things. All right
1: now. Fast forward to Poker's mm-hmm. different style of film. Um, s- such a method thing for me because I didn't want to wear a jacket. It was so cold. I was so stubborn. But anyway, anyway, like so co- compared that to like Poker's, which was one set, very dialogue driven, and then you know as opposed to seeker's like
0: yeah so so seeker was um co-written co and co-directed by me and evan and evan did the cinematography and the music and we we co-edited it as well um that was that was a psychological thriller um, and then Pokers was a short that I wrote and directed. Evan did the uh, music and the cinematography, and we co edited once again. And it actually starred and, me. It and, starred Evan. Yeah. It starred John. And it also starred uh, our other friend, uh, John, as well. It was John.Jerakakis. Yeah. This is his handle. Good luck finding that. <laughs>
1: Can I can I buy a vowel? There are 17 vowels. You can't afford a
0: vowel. <laughs> so um that was that was a kind of like a drama comedy. It was a very stylized. Um I, I like to call it um a hyper-reality in that things were slightly exaggerated in it in terms of the ways people spoke and acted um and like the the colors and the saturation of it it was very stylized Uh, apparently that didn't go well with a lot of people but a lot of
1: people didn't grasp that It's it's, i don't think it's not that it didn't go very well i just think people missed that point
0: well i think
1: that's what you were going for yeah
0: i think people missed that it was intentional I yeah. think that's what people miss. But ultimately, like I I I'm not one of those people that's gonna say, oh, you didn't like you didn't like it because you didn't get it. That's yeah. not the case. If you didn't like it, then I it's my fault that you didn't like it. But um yeah, I went for this very stylized, very kind of like cranked up vibe, just a little bit, yeah. right? Just one notch too high on the volume, um, on purpose as a stylistic choice. Um it's it, it centers around a poker game and the you know the, the 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 scene opens up with like a stage light turning on that actually happens in the first few seconds a stage light turns on and that's that reveals all the characters sitting around a poker table in this black void so it's kind of got this vibe that it's a play it's not a play obviously it's a movie but it's got that
1: a aesthetic. lot of people thought that it was uh, uh, a map box like Shoot, like, that's what was like, the misconception yeah, when so, it was shot in a garage in the freezing cold in January. Yeah, January?
0: January? Yeah, it was in January. Freezing we, shot cold. It, we shot it in a garage. Um, so what we did was we lit it a specific way so that we can make the background go completely black. Yeah. Um, and it, it's basically one scene. It's one 10-minute scene. Seeker, for example, was multiple scenes in multiple locations. This was one scene in one location. Um, But the way we shot, we shot that one scene out of order, which was a challenge to keep track of, which is why my friend... Um, uh, Costa, who came and helped out, he was script supervisor. He was a tremendous help because he helped keep track. The continuity was really good, and make sure the continuity. He was so good. It was a poker table, right? So there were a bunch of poker chips in the center of the table. He would sit there and actually adjust the pile of poker chips to look exactly to look exactly like. Yeah,
1: I remember. I was telling him, I was like,
0: bro, like you don't need to do this. Nobody. I'm nobody is getting mistakes
1: this. all the times in in major movies because like little things like continuity like that, very few people can keep tabs on like how much yeah. fluid is left in a martini glass, like all that. But yes, he did that. I, I will attribute a lot of the continuity of Poggers to that. And that was a big fix in terms of also looking back at seekers another step forward for you you know like
0: well we had a, a a more legitimate crew we actually had people um who came and 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 helped yeah. us sh-
1: overall yeah excuse absolutely. me and helped us shoot it yeah Jess um, helped, JP helped, George helped. Yes, Danielle did our makeup.
0: Yeah, she did our makeup as well in, in Seeker, and she did some makeup in, in Crumbling, and she's gonna come to Flannel Mouth, the Western that we're shooting. She's gonna do makeup. From Danielle, that we love you. She's we a want hero, you,
1: and we want you on this show to to tell us everything that you do, and maybe mm-hmm. we can even have her do like a live makeover of somebody here like or change someone oh change someone like make you look like your character in uh the crumbling let's say like yeah yeah. oh we can show that process yeah yeah that'd be cool it's interesting uh you were still like you were still directing uh in in the crumbling a little bit like there was uh like you were still acting you were definitely focused on your character but you know as as I still think that you were like, you still had the director hat. I think you're going to carry it with you no matter what you do, no matter what position. Well, you take. so,
0: so, so let's get to that now. So after, after we did pokers, which was this drama comedy, we did the crumbling. Now the crumbling was, was written and directed by uh, Evan Samaras um and once again he did the cinematography and the music that's kind of like his thing he always does the cinematography and the music he has a background in photography so jumping to cinematography was a natural uh, yeah, progression lighting, for yeah. him yeah he knows about lighting and all that stuff um and then we me and him co-edited the crumbling um yeah so i, I was also producer on that right I'm, i've been producer on all of them so in that role i'm always gonna like help Like, Evan and I have different directing styles. Um, He's a little bit... I mean, I don't want to speak for him. I think if he was listening to this, though, or if he's here, he'd agree... At least for the crumbling, he took like more of like a hands-off approach on letting the actors like do what they felt was natural yeah, for the exactly, character. Like yeah. he gave like direction of like, oh, try it maybe a little bit like this. Try it like that. But he was very relaxed. Yeah, his name
1: was his, he wanted the colors. He wanted the... the it's,
0: it's definitely like visual yeah. and, and like emotional and it's kind of surreal. That's what the focus of that movie was. And that's where like his, that's where he was focused on, I, I think as well. Yeah um so yeah i mean as producer i like helped in that regard of like you know like talking to the actors a little bit and and i was an actor in it as well so um i would also give my thoughts on that naturally so i guess i can see why you're saying that but um my, my directing style is different from his like yeah. to me it's like i'm a little bit more specific on yeah. what i want um i mean i think you can tell from pokers i was kind of like the way you say things, I was like, I kind of want you to say it like this. Exactly. Like, yeah. we can try things and explore things and find like the right balance, but ultimately, like, I'm looking for something that I'm is for more in custom. Specific. So, like,
1: it, that's in your mind that's embedded there. Yeah. Is, you, yeah. you can get it out of there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Evan has like pictures in his mind that he really yeah. wants, and he's great at like communicating and achieving those. Yeah. And that's how the crumbling came to be. It was like a collection of images and sequences that he built a story around. I work the opposite. I'm like, I have a story, and then I build images around Around that story. story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for Pokers, it was a story I wanted to tell. In The the Crumbling, Evan had images and sequences he wanted to to show, you know? Yeah. Um, And then we did another short after that called No Trespassing, um, no trespassing. Kind of has like a. Volume. It's different because that,
1: that that's on your eight millimeter. That wasn't shot on like the RE. Yes, that, that,
0: that's another thing to point out. Like we shoot on sixteen millimeter film. Yeah, um, it's not digital.
1: Not like the the one thing that also really like drew me, I think, into this whole thing was that that you guys did it on film. They yeah. so they get the film. Film is not cheap. Uh, you got to get it right. Um, you got to get it developed. There's no do overs. There's no do overs. Uh, you got to make sure the light is exposed just right. You can't just delete and make space on a card. So so this one was shot now yeah. on like a larger, there's larger. Uh, there's was, was it 16, the other ones, or 32? Which one? Well, the other two, the other films, or were they shot on what size film?
0: Which ones? Secret and Poker? Secret <laughs> Poker. All 16. All 16. This is a super eight. So you mean 35, not 32. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And it was uh, a handheld this one for no trespassing. No trespassing
0: was an eight millimeter Mad flavor. Was Mad flavor. flavor. Yeah. It had a so much flavor. It it, it it harkens back to like silent era film. It's got a vaudevillian uh, aesthetic. It you know harkens back to to Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton style movies. So it's black and white, there's no dialogue, um it's kind of like this uh suspense thriller paranoia style movie. Um I star in it. I'm pretty much the only character in it and it it centers around a guy who like is paranoid that someone is after him. Um and it's kind of it's kind of humorous as well. I I personally think it's funny. Um
1: I I find it both funny but also like I also get very uneasy sometimes during it because it's like I don't know, I don't I don't wanna spoil it, I don't wanna say much, but it's it's definitely one of those films that are like that definitely were first made and it's you guys do a very, very good job of uh of encapsulating that. We try
0: yeah. to. We kind of like. It's like that with a slight modern uh, element to it as slight, well. Slight, very yeah.
1: slight, but for the most part, it has
0: like. It, it's almost like it's got a 1920s to yeah, 1930s vibe, like but also in, but also a 1950s vibe yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, like a Nickelodeon feel, like like that. Nickelodeon. Like, yeah, like put a nickel on the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, yeah. not like SpongeBob. That's what
0: I thought you meant. What do you mean, like slime?
1: <laughs> All right. What else do we?
0: um and you and, the, and that one, we I co-wrote and co-directed with Evan um, and w- wrote. There's no dialogue. It was just like a story. There wasn't really much of a script to speak of for it. It was just a kind of like notes on a sheet of paper. And we kind of improvised a lot of it as we went. But yeah, we co-wrote and co-directed that. Um, Evan's currently, uh, we have like an edit done, at least the first edit. Evan is working on the music for it now. And we're, we're snipping of it up on the gram for these guys. Maybe we could. We'll see. We're also, we're also oddly secretive for some reason. I don't, I don't even know why.
1: Evan's album is such a secret. It hasn't come out in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got two albums. Two albums. Secret. It's in the vault. It's, it's Escondido. That's Spanish for hidden or secret. So yeah. the, the one after. Don't no, right, it'll, it'll all come out now. That's why we're doing this shit. so the one where uh
0: the next movie we're doing is called flannel mouth um it is a uh western uh suspense thriller i would say as well um that i wrote and will be directing and producing and evan will be doing the cinematography he has promised me that it will be the most cinematic short film that we've made to date um I'll report back on that once we're in the editing room and I'm seeing what it all looks like.
1: The costume, the costume is like thirty feet away from me. Yes, um, I'm very tempted to try it on, but I don't know about right now. <laughs> I don't know about right now. So John is going to be a uh, one of the main characters. Gunnar Vanderberg, mm-hmm. or James Butcher, depending on how you look at it. But don't give away too I'm much. A, I'm a nice guy. You already, t- you already, you've already said too much. I got to scrub this. Oh really? No, kidding. Okay, he easy partner. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing lines
0: from a movie. <laughs> um, um, so you know, you know, actually, um, I mean, eventually, I want to move on and and talk about like the stuff that you do. But before we do that, I want to talk about. I want you to like talk a little bit about, like, you haven't acted before, like before you did Seeker. You haven't acted before. Yeah. Or, I mean, not significantly at least, right? No. So why don't you talk a little bit about what it was like, you know, like coming in with with us and like getting into acting and what it was like being directed by me and being directed by Evan and how you felt like the differences and all that stuff. All right. And like our different writing styles, just how you felt like that. how How did you feel about all that?
1: I think some way I can really like tell to someone physically like be like, Stenicism would be, like, if, like, a skateboarder, mm-hmm. like, one day he just went to the beach and he jumped on a surfboard and he never surfboarded, like, in his life. And all he did is he knows that his, only, he only knows how to skateboard. He jumps on that surfboard and he nails his very first wave. Like, that's kind of what it felt like because, all right, so coming from a music background, when you go in the booth, for the most part, I like to have everything memorized. I like to... Know exactly what I'm gonna say. Obviously, some of the stuff we write on on the spot and we and we spit it the same day because when you're making the beat and you write the lyrics, sometimes like the energies are very different. So like sometimes you just have to go in the booth and and record. You just mm-hmm. got to you have to take advantage of it. You don't want to like fuck it up. Um, so. When you're in the booth, like I'm getting a lot of direction. Like obviously over the years, I, I've needed less and less because I kind of know what I want to sound like because of my sitting there over the years and getting that background in engineering. Um, I, uh, I, I kind of know what I, I want to sound like when I'm writing it. And then when I go in there and I do it, Evan's very good at telling me if it's good or not. Uh, a bunch of other producers I've worked with usually like, I don't need much like you know tutelage like I I usually nail it like for the most part but what's great is like there's that persona or with me I don't want to say it's a persona like when I go in the booth I go in the booth because I got something to say I'm going to say it I'm going to say it right and making the jump to acting and getting direction from you guys uh made it honestly very easy it made it super easy because I'm not in the dark anymore and i'm not just trying to like basically create this magic out of nothing in the dark by myself like instead i've read the script i have an idea of what the setting is like and i can honestly memorize the lines uh and then act them out for you and then you guys will tell me exactly what is needed for the character for the part and it's i want i want to say it was seamless. and I also say that I'm only always as good as the people that are around me so that if people are really bringing it and they're really working in with their characters, like makes it super easy for me to work in with my character as well. Same in music. Um, but uh, that's because I've been doing the music for a long time. It's been over, it's been probably over 15 years now. So like it was very easy. Like like M, the reason why M and M did such a great performance in Eight Mile was because he is so good at stepping into the booth and he can drag you in and make you feel exactly how he feels. Yeah. Like in that moment. Like he can make you feel you can you can be having a great day, having a great cup of coffee, and then you'll listen to one of his songs and he can actually make you feel the way he felt when he made that song. So it's kind of like Creepy, the way that that happens.
0: I think I think there is a bridge there, right? Like, even though that's why I think a lot of musicians do make the jump to acting and to to a pretty decent level of success hip-hop as well.
1: Should because like there's not a lot of longevity in hip hop artists.
0: Well, but 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 the point I'm I'm making is yeah. that like when you're used to performing
1: yeah when you're an entertainer
0: that kind of translates yeah not to say if you can if you're a good singer you will automatically a good actor but you're more likely to be a good actor i think if you're a good singer Sorry,
1: like throw some names out like mos def
0: right like, most entertainer
1: def is- he's an entertainer he can, he can sing he can rap and he can act uh justin timberlake yeah i'll give it to jt and the man can dance like, I even get. I well, even, what I mean is, like, he, he's, he he came up as a singer, yeah. right? But he, yeah, uh, Ti as well. Ti, T. is though, Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube is Ice fucking. Tea. Dope. Ice T. Ice Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Like, yo, come on, like you know, Mark Wahlberg, Fresh oh, Prince. Right. That's true. And even, even fucking. Uh, so we we had Mark Wahlberg, Fresh Prince. Fucking, you had you had even Vanilla Ice. Yeah. He acted. He was in the end of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He had a great choreography and a great ending credit song yeah. put to, put under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Mentionables. Uh, even uh, Ludacris. We can't forget about Lud. Luda. Luda. And Tej. Played one character, Tej. but Who's Tej? On, from The Fast and the Furious. Oh, he played Te- I've never seen yes, yes, he played he Tej. He, he, Tej. He made money off of eight movies. He is... Quite frankly, he's chilling.
0: <laughs> you sound like you're fucking doing a news report. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Quite like, frankly, that's, that's, ladies and gentlemen, he's they, chilling.
1: That's the way they. That's the way they transcend. You know, like you, you go on. Uh, I can't. I can't wait to see like a Doctor Dre movie. Like to be honest with you, or uh, he was in Training Day and The Wash. Remember yeah, The Wash? Yeah, he was in The Wash. Exactly. See, like there's, there's, there's people who are uber talented who are rappers who make the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the switch. So like. That's why like with me it didn't feel like it was very unnatural. Like, especially because I usually write my verses. So I get no direction until like I spit them and then I get an approval of like, all right, that's dope. Go in there and fucking do it. And then like while I'm doing it, then it's like, all right, you have your main layer, but then it's like, what can you do for the libs? Like, do you wanna do something at a different tone? Do you wanna do something whispered? Do you wanna do something more aggressive, more, Mm -hmm. more toned down? So like when you're getting someone's product or their universe when you hand me that script and you're like elmo like this is what you're getting like read this and i have to basically go into that realm with you if not then it's a complete waste of 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 time so like that's how i have carried on with all my projects
0: when you um when you're when you're rapping and you're spitting the verse that's being recorded how does when you get that direction at that moment how close is that to your original the way you originally imagined
1: the, the delivery. It just feels so natural that it's like, it's not even a thought. We go on to the next thing. Like you, you do it so perfectly that like literally like there are moments where the producer will be like, Oh, like, what do you think? want to hear that back. And I'm like, if you want me to hear that back, I really don't actually want to hear that back. I want you to like basically tell me that I did it so like on point and good. There's no there's th- no even debate. We're moving there's on. No, yeah. We're moving on. Yeah, like yeah. you nailed it. Boom, move
0: on. Like so. if if he if he was that level of confident in it, he wouldn't be saying, "Oh, you want to hear it?"
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: and especially it's almost like do you want to hear it in case you think no, it's good enough I've but you made, don't want good enough
1: i've made him believe me that's that's the point that's at the end of the day that's the heart of the heart of the artistry is do, mm. do you believe me and i always i always tell a lot of people too i've sat like evan used to record a lot of dudes who were coming in and out of the studio and you know they would I, i'd be there chilling with evan you know and that's how i picked up on these little tricks and you know this audio engineering background like and I would straight up tell people, and I was like, "Yo, like you wrote this song, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "All right, do you believe yourself? Like, if if mm-hmm. you don't believe you, I'm not, I'm not gonna want to believe you. Yeah. If you don't believe you, no one will believe you. That's it. It's what it boils down to. Like, so like, I I remember though, I was a feature on on like my first work, uh, and Evan, Evan and uh, Nick, they did a project called The World's Got Mad. I was featured on a couple of tracks. And then from there, I started doing some work as well. I, and this uh, was I,
0: how long ago when, when you first did 15, the features? Fifteen
1: years ago. This is like when I was like you know, like a student of hip hop. Like, yeah, like not I the master tr- that you are now. Try tr- I'm not a master. I'm I'm a I'm a hip hopper. I'm still learning. And there are different there are different facets of of hip hop and hip hop culture, and and then the actual hyphenated hip-hop which is the the act of like rapping creating the music but um like i said in uh in in the world's gone mad i had something that was very natural it felt a lot of fun so started working on my own solo project it was called um suburban white boy blues that was your first album yeah that's the one though that didn't really have any beats that evan made everything that i got on that i um I found online, and I just like worked around what I had, and it came out super good. Like Nick, Nick. So these
0: these were beats that you just downloaded that people had posted, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And I posted it on SoundCloud, and you know I passed it around. And you recorded it, it yourself? Uh, Evan recorded me. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Nick also recorded me a bit. Evan was featured on a few tracks, um, but during Suburban White Boy Blues, uh, I actually got arrested. So. It's just, it's a very creepy album because. What did you get arrested for? I had uh, an A one uh, drug possession felony for I had a lot of uh, ecstasy on me in a club. It, it it was it was for use. It was it was like it was it was for me and my friends. Like I wasn't dealing it, but uh, I got caught with it, so I I'm the one who got in trouble. But uh, basically, what's crazy about the whole album is there's little like snippets in it that, you know, maybe down the road we'll go into that. I wrote these songs like maybe a year or a few months before the incident happened when I when I got arrested. So it's just crazy that some of the, the lines that I wrote came to fruition on on that whole like ordeal that happened. So the beautiful thing about uh Suburban White Boy Blues is the final product was very natural sounding that's mm-hmm. what nick nick and evan told me because they mixed it and that's that's from like hundreds of hours of like dissecting it they're like almost like considering that it's a 17 track album with very few features like it's very natural so even though it's not anything like organic like with beats that evan did for me mm-hmm. it's still something that's reprised for me i really enjoyed it and then me and Evan worked on Moonshine Together. That was a full feature. It was just me and him. That again featured a lot of stuff we found on the web. Uh, Evan At was, that point Evan wasn't producing. He was music? was still she was making beats, but you know, like we didn't want to put them out. Like there was there was certain like things holding us back from doing so. Like a lot of them were sample based. You know, it's difficult to clear a sample. Like you can you can chop up a song and from some software we'll detect that. You know, you took it from this source and it won't get posted or if it gets recognition, you get in very big trouble for it. So the route we took uh on Moonshine was we downloaded stuff and it was a free mixtape, so we weren't gonna make money off of it. Skipping it out. Got a bunch of listens, it was nice. And then the Dope Addicts is honestly the most recent work.
0: Now uh, Moonshine was how many years after Suburban White Boy Blues? <sighs>
1: I think Moonshine was actually, they they were both kind of written within the same time zone, but I think Moonshine came out first, uh, and then uh, Suburban White Boy Blues came out second because, like I said, there was when when I got arre- when I got arrested, there was a lot of downtime. I couldn't really go in the studio, so actually the last track that I recorded for that album suburban white boy for suburban white boy i remember i had spent like a month and a half or two months straight in my house like i was so petrified of like leaving my house like i didn't want to work i was just very like tense very weird that you know everything kind of panned out the way it did and i remember i like nick was like yo man you have one more song to do like can you just do this so you can complete this album and he's like i'll come pick you up like we'll not we'll we'll knock it. We'll we'll nail it down. Because like, I memorized that shit. Like I had that thing basically memorized in like fucking Portuguese at that point. Right. And we we Portuguese. did it. <laughs> we, we did it. And it came out great. And uh I, I still perform if anything, like I'll perform stuff from that. But me and Evan over the years now, I think the last eight years between like our changes in work, our our social circles. Mm -hmm. It's been very difficult for us to put out work, but I'm happy that his is going to be put out. I'm a a big component in his project. And then I'm considering also doing another solo project after some acting's done. I want to do a few more acting pieces. Uh, And then from there, uh, we're going to be releasing, after Evan's album, we do have a bunch of stuff in the vault that will be released piece by piece. And then they'll be compiled into little mini uh, albums, which ultimately I would love for little stories to be published from them and, and made into something visual. Yeah. Music, music video-esque, so to speak. Music experience. Yeah, something, you know, yeah, like something yeah, something yeah. that integrates it, something that gives it more reason to be listened to or yeah. viewed. But
0: something that something it. that isn't quite a short film, but isn't a music video. It's yeah. in between.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it, It's something that... It's, heavily incorporates songs. Like, I'll give you a fine example. Like, yeah. to me, there's a song called uh, Freaky Friday by mm-hmm. Lil Dicky. Yeah. When he switches with Chris Brown. Yeah, with Brown. Chris Brown, yeah. The, the first time I heard the track, I was...
0: It doesn't make sense, right? It gets confusing. It's not
1: even that it doesn't make sense. It's like, why would you write a song about this? Like, it's, well, no, no.
0: What I mean is it makes sense. It just means like there's a lot of,
1: Oh, now I'm in Chris Brown's Brad. And it's a lot of, and now I'm
0: doing this. And it's like, wait, wait, hold on. He's what? Wait, that's what I mean. But when you see the music video, it is
1: very confusing. I will give you that. But also like, just like the motive, I feel like of making it as a song, like, why would you do this? But then when you see the video, you're like, Oh, wow, now it makes sense. You know, like that's, so that's maybe the route that I want to take, but. I'm also in the process now of I also think I want to do uh, a little poetry book. Mm-hmm. I was speaking with you about that briefly. Uh, I could bring in some some pieces maybe and do like snippets. Uh, yeah, you can throughout. read.
0: You can read some of your poems.
1: Yeah, and then uh, other than that, releasing these projects, getting some acting done, and uh, but never, never, never stop creating. Never, never stop creating. That's I think most important thing. Like that's like one of like unless like I have a kid anytime soon in the future whom I'll I will show him everything that I've done and and like uh you know push him in the direction of you know being creative of in in every sense of the word but uh Mm -hmm. I think right now in total like you know the the repertoire is well over one hundred fifty songs I've made Uh, I've also branched off and one of my friends charles who does uh tech house he's put a lot of time and effort into his label his oh well, not his label his brand mm-hmm. his his art he's getting recognition everywhere he's uh he's even gotten recognition from like his favorite dj his, fa- his favorite dj played his song like at a festival like oh wow that's that's amazing that's like, amazing like when i saw that i got goosebumps for him and I, i'm very proud of him uh so, like, he also gave me the the ability to work side-by-side side with him. He's just really great at what he does. Uh, so, like, and he's also given me a credit of having vocals on, on house tracks. And mm-hmm. my voice has been remixed by other people who that track's been signed by a record label. They've mixed my, vo- my vocals. And your name goes along with yeah, that, I right? Yeah, It goes everywhere. So, like, I thank him, you know, graciously, you know, for all the work I've done with him. And you know just like i said continuously remaining open to working with a lot of people and i want whoever walks into here i want them to in some way shape or form incorporate and we make some stuff happen yeah yo but uh joe joe button does this podcast somewhere around here imagine it's next door
0: (laughs) yeah imagine it's bugged
1: out yeah that'd be funny joey if you're imagine close
0: let me know imagine um Imagine all of a
1: sudden, like, our microphones get crossed. Like, I'm hearing Joe Budden. He's, yeah, he's hearing me. <laughs> but like I said, um, that's where I stand as an artist. I've done, you know, I, I've done the sound credit work with you guys. Yeah. So I, I I, think uh, I would love to do a manuscript in the future. That'd be a, a, a great gig, but... A I manuscript? A manuscript of just something. Like, I don't know, like uh, something close to a memoir or anything like that. Oh, of your life? That and to make sure of other people that I've met, you know, yeah. just
0: like your life and your encounters, the yeah. life and times of yeah. John so- of John Soul. Yeah,
1: I've actually written a song about that once. Um, but you know what? I'll also start bringing in some stuff to play in between, so like we can uh, dissect certain things that. So like I just I'll go more in depth with "Suburban White Boy Blues" and what happened to me at that point in my life. Like that'll take an episode like really there's like seven or eight songs that it's so creepy everything came to fruition Mm -hmm. it is but it was a lot of fun it's it was a lot
0: of fun and um i think we'll pick up next episode maybe with
1: that story maybe we can we'll see
0: yeah yeah so spinning real films john soul
1: my only aim is to inspire welcome to the cult
2: I'ma keep it in the holster, baby. Just dance a little closer, move with me, groove with me. You don't know what you do to me. Groove with me, move with me. You don't know what you do to me. I heard you got a man, but I wanna play with it, play with it. Why ain't messing with your home, baby? In the morning, you can stay with him, stay with him. Hands up if you're dining with side pieces. Hands up if you're looking for three seasons. Hands up if you're expedition, raw deals. Hands up if you're on something real. on the walls for and why you grabbing on my drawers for take a sip feel amazing vip chilling in the back now we blazing looking in your eyes in the day baby. honey i could dance here for days baby there ain't no nothing else to say i'll keep you with her like we grinding in the bay a little closer.